Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? I'm revisiting one of the teas I picked up when I was in Banff, Alberta, Canada. It's in Alberta Rose Sencha from Jolene's Tea House in downtown Banff. Today, unlike the first time I talked about it on the show, I'm having it cold. How about you? I've got a Blueberry Bliss Iced Herbal from Tealish, which is a Canadian tea company. That reminds me a little of our friends in uh, at T2 in Australia. So it's got hmm. blueberries, apples, and hibiscus. And this is definitely delish, as well as tealish. And I selected it in honor of today's guest. Yeah, we seem to have a Canadian theme going on Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) Jane Diamond is a top 50 Amazon bestselling author of contemporary romance. She writes badass, swoon-worthy heroes endowed with massive hearts, strong heroines armed with sweetness and sass, and explosive page-turning chemistry. She lives on the beautiful west coast of Canada with her real-life romantic hero and daughter, where she reads, writes, and makes extensive playlists for her books while binge-drinking tea. And and that makes you a friend of the show, Jane. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Do you have anything in your cup today or are you tealess at the moment? Uh, always, but really boring right now. I'm drinking water because I just finished my morning tea. So um, I really should have saved it for you, but like I couldn't wait. It's already <laughs> it's already 11 in the morning here. So. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it is. Need to get that tea in early. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm a chai girl. Like I love a chai and that's usually my Mm. morning tea, but um, I don't know what is going on, but there seems to be a chai supply shortage or something. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but all the chais that I normally order um, online, I can't seem to get. And um, there's one that my husband has been getting actually through Amazon, some tea company that sells through Amazon that was out of stock forever. And he just ordered it again. I don't know what the brand is called. And then, um, I order a lot of David's tea, which I think David's tea is Canadian. Um, yes, yeah, I think David's so. tea yeah. is good stuff. Yeah. 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 I like organic. So I get organic chai from them, but they've been out of stock of everything. So this mm-hmm. morning I had, I'm on my last little bit of chai like tea. Like I've just completely run out. It's so sad, but I have um, like a green tea that um, is like a cinnamon green tea. And so it's mm-hmm. caffeinated and it actually tastes very cinnamony and almost chai like so i had that this morning <laughs> okay zanna we need to send her your your special chai blend yes we do yes zanna has her yeah zanna has her own blend and it's delicious yeah i have a side i have a chai blend oh i love that yeah and it has notes of cinnamon and some other stuff as well but yeah nice do you steep it like do you cook it um or not cook it but like steep it in milk on a pot or, um, and then I, drain it or do you do the I usually do water, but I, I can do it in milk as well. It's got, so it's got a little bit of coconut in it, which gives it some of the fat that it needs to really kind of give that chai feel to it. You can put it in milk as well, but you know, the, the coconut kind of makes up for some of that, that richness. That sounds amazing. Yeah. She gave me some in a little travel tin. And so when we travel to book uh, book events together, I have a travel kettle that I bring <laughs> with us. And so oh, we, it's difficult to do hot milk from that, but definitely from, you know, to add a little almond milk or something on the go is the way that I, I can best drink it. Yeah. We're, we're chai fans too. <laughs> yep. Delicious. Yay. I love that we just spent 
a few minutes talking about tea. <laughs> we never do that. We never. Get I to feel. Do that. I feel like we could go on, but then you know, right? <laughs> yeah. We well, should probably. probably you know, you're you're also I'd, an author, so maybe we should talk about books too. You know. Yeah. You have said that you do playlists for your books when you when you talk about. Now, is that playlist that you are creating for yourself as you write, or are they or are they playlists that are meant to accompany the books? Both. They Both. really get created during the process of writing the book. And sometimes, you know, at the end, when I'm done the book, I'll finish them. Um, but more and more, they've become sort of integral parts of the writing process for me. And so I do put them together as I'm writing the book. And sometimes even before I'll be collecting songs for the book, knowing I'm going to write it. And at the end too, I'll finish it up. And then I put them in the back of the book. So they're in the back matter. And there's links to them on the on my website as well. And so they're on Spotify and Apple Music. Wonderful. And uh, so I'm currently listening to Handsome Devil, which is narrated by friend of the show, Samantha Brentmore and Connor Crace. And I'm first of all, I'm loving it. You are you are a new to me author. So um, I love that. Uh, love that I'm discovering somebody new. What I'm noticing right off the top is you have a gift for banter, like the the back and forth. This isn't this is a, a billionaire a boss hole enemies to lovers kind of uh, romance. And the the back and forth between them is just on point and spot on. Is that where do you draw your inspiration for for uh, for dialogue? Is it, you know, things you hear from real life movies? Where do you where do you get your inspiration for that? Do your characters argue in your head? Oh, they argue in my head for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. First of all, thank you very much. That's a very um, lovely compliment. And I, I love to hear that. That's one of the nicest things I could hear. The banter is, I love banter. Banter is so fun. It's so fun to write. Like sometimes I just, you know, I just laugh when I'm writing them. Um, I have so much fun with the push pull with the characters that really like fight and have great banter. So yeah, so it's really fun. But like, where does it come from in terms of inspiration? I don't know. Like, that's always such a hard question to answer. That question of like, what inspired you to do this? Or what inspired you to do that? Because for me, my writing process is very much, it's just there in my head. And it's from my whole lifetime of just observing human nature and being interested in people and the psychology of people and emotion and um, always being a movie buff since I was small and reading a lot when I was small and always being into music and pouring over lyrics and um, there's just always been a writer in me so and I'm, and I'm very um, when I was talking to my husband yesterday about this when he was he was kind of bored and looking for something to do and I was like I just don't know what that's like like you need to get a hobby mm -hmm. like I I I just <laughs> I don't, I've never had a problem just being entertained with my own brain. Um, so right. my brain is just always going, right? And so I've got millions of books in there, millions of stories, millions of characters, like, okay, not millions, but probably, probably, you know, a thousand or so, um, hundreds and hundreds. And they, yeah. And so the ones that are in books I'm writing, they're always in there, like talking, um, bantering, you know, getting into things. And then I'm just, sometimes it feels like it's like falling out of me like a waterfall and I have to catch mm -hmm. it. 
when I write. Like, I don't know if you've heard other authors, writers describe that. I've heard a few writers describe that feeling, but um, I think it's different for everyone. But for some of us, it's very much like, oh, it's just there and it's flowing right now. And I just have to like catch it on paper. So it's mm-hmm. very vivid. Um, anyway, so the banter is is like that. Sometimes it just starts to happen. And I'm like, oh, no, this is gold. They're fighting or whatever. And I've got to write it down. So when I'm writing anything for me, it's it's sometimes difficult to write words fast enough, catch up to my brain. So do you find that you're using some sort of audio technique, you know, like voice recording ideas or or anything like that? Or do you can you write fast enough for your brain? (laughs) That's all so hard to answer because like my first reaction is no I can't write fast enough at the same time I edit heavily as I write which I know a lot of people say is a no no do not do that do not do that I disagree with that I think you do what works I do for that you. too yeah I yeah do you too. do what works for you and for me that's how I write so I edit heavily as I go so in theory yeah like if I've got something really flowing I cannot type fast enough to get it down but um, at the same time, I often think very slowly as I write because I'm I'm editing as I go. Uh-huh. So um, somehow it just works for me. I have tried um, voice to text uh, and I have done that on a few books for parts of the first draft. Um, but I don't find for me it like speeds me up or anything because I'm still thinking slowly and editing in my head a- as I go. And then once I get the words down, often there's so many mistakes in what it's put down that I have to back and chain like fix it yeah. so much that it becomes a lot yeah. of labor in a different way so for me it's never been something that I've fallen in love with but I do try to do it um more and more just to save even my my back and my wrists and all the typing time right um, but yeah so I don't find it's like a huge time saver speed speed up thing whereas some people do depending on their writing style do you find that sometimes that your characters kind of go in a slightly different direction than what you were expecting or you know that you'll get into the flow of banter and and things will start coming I'm like oh wait I didn't even consider that but my characters are going this way <laughs> yeah usually I go into a scene knowing um you know more or less it's going to happen I outline but it's very much like a skeleton outline and the flesh mm-hmm. really comes to life organically as I'm writing it and so I know they're walking into a bar and they're going to have a conversation about xyz that's going to end in a certain way Way, but mm-hmm. wait, wait a second, what bar is it? What does it look like? And how does that, how does it feel like? What do they do? Who walks in first? And like, what's his attitude and what's her, what's going on? And then it just, and then they just start to take over. They, they're right. in the room and yeah. And they often will take the conversation somewhere totally differently than I expected, but that's good because I feel like they're just real people having a conversation. And it, it becomes much more organic. Yeah. 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 The characters sort of flesh themselves out. Uh, they do. Doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After your first book, because, you know, of course, the first book goes on the page and that's and that's pretty much it. But for the audiobook side, so Lee Samuels is a is a frequent narrator for you. And of course, we mentioned Samantha Brentmore, Connor Crace, and there's been others. Do you get to choose at all who your narrators are going to be? And follow up question to that. Do you have a, a voice in mind when you're writing now? Now that at this point, you're you're established as a writer? Yes. So to answer the second question first, I do have a voice in mind. It just it's just a piece of that whole character. And they're so vivid. So I have an idea of what they would sound like, um, for sure. And as far as narrators, yes, my husband and I are our own publishing team. 
and he doesn't do any writing, but he runs the business with me. So we publish um, all our own audiobooks. So we have complete control. Like we produce them and publish them. So I pick all the narrators. And yeah, Lee Samuels is a personal favorite. I love him for my a lot of my characters. So he's done a lot of mine. And Samantha Brentmore is a great story where like I've had the same audio production studio um, do the, the production of my audiobooks. They help with finding me narrators, casting and stuff like that. And also um, record everything, uh, do all the engineering, mm-hmm. uh, everything to make them sound amazing. They're an amazing studio in New York, Brickshop Audio. And so one of my contacts there, um, one day when I was casting Handsome Devil, said, well, like I could do it if you want. And I had no idea after doing, I'd done over like probably 13 audiobooks with them at that point. And I had no idea that she was a narrator. Mm-hmm. And um, cause she uses a different name at Berkshire. Yes. Yeah. And right. so she kind of threw her hat in the ring for that one. And so I checked out her samples and I was like, where have you been all my life? You're amazing. And that was <laughs> right. More. I had no idea. And she had never told yeah, me. She is so, amazing. Yeah. yeah yep. So that's how I, I cast her for that. Um, and she's fantastic. Yeah. So she was a hidden gem that I didn't even know was right there. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she really is. And from what I have heard of Handsome Devil so far, she is the right fit for the character. She's fantastic. Debbie seems to require some serious sass to go against Dane. And we both know that she's got that in spades. <laughs> yes. And so, it's a certain kind of sass. It's like a well-deserved, yeah. well-earned sass. Like yeah. she's smart. She's capable. She, and she knows that she is those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, she needs to put him in his place. Yeah. And she does. <laughs> and I don't think that that's spoiling it at all to know that she does because... I would expect nothing less. So (laughs) (laughs) you and your husband run your publishing yourselves. Now you said that your husband does a lot of the business side, but do you find that it's easy for you or more difficult for you to balance being the author and the editor and the business person and like all of the hats that you have to wear in order to self-publish? It's pretty easy for me because I have an amazing partner who fills in all the gaps. Like we are an amazing team where I can say that like we're um, we're just perfectly matched that way, really. Like he and I have enough overlapping skill sets and tastes and everything, but also a wildly different skill set in that like he could never write Mm -hmm. a book, but I could never do the sort of financial forecasting that he does Mm -hmm. and run all our finances and run, he runs our ads. Anything with numbers is more his strength. um, Whereas mine is more words. So, uh, and then we both have um, like art backgrounds and that. So with the marketing, you know, it kind of blends, we both do certain things. So um, in that way, it's easy because I have an incredible partner I have a lot of respect and admiration for authors who are solo and they are writing the books as well as doing all the marketing running their ads running like their whole financial back of their business running their whole production company all by themselves and would love to have more help and have to bring on other people and we do have other people we work with but it's mostly him and me at the core and um So I have a lot of admiration for people who can do that. I think if I were on my own in that situation, it would be a a lot harder because all the things Mm -hmm. he brings, I would have to outsource to other people. And that's always harder because you're bringing on people that aren't you, you aren't as close to, and you don't know how they'll perform and how you'll work together. So it's a whole other layer of running a business that's um, sort of taking care of in-house. 
So that part is easy. And then as far as wearing the different hats, I think, um, again, it sort of relates back to what I just said, where the hats I wear were sort of chosen as the things that are my strengths and the things that aren't he does, or we outsource. So it works really well for us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We appreciate a good collaboration when we find it. You know, Zana and I, one of the reasons that we can do this podcast is because we, we each have strengths that the other one doesn't. So, um, that's how you, uh, a great collaboration team is, is how this, how the magic works. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's appreciated. And, do you find that you have any time to to read f- just for pleasure at all? Oh, um, sadly, I found that I really fell off of reading for a few years because I was writing so much and editing so much. So my eyes were constantly on usually a screen with words. Mm. And I was so um, almost burnt out from that I wouldn't say fully burnt out but I was pushing to get a certain number of books done and a certain number of words written and a certain milestones done in my career so uh that took over in a good way I mean it all paid off it all worked out and we hit our goals and that but unfortunately reading really suffered and I was really sad about that because I just wasn't reading and I thought this is crazy like I need to be reading I'm a I'm a book lover I love to read Mm -hmm. and I'm a writer I need to keep reading. So I made a really concerted effort, like probably the last year to start picking up books again. And I found what really worked for me. I used to read on my Kindle a lot. And now I'm picking up paperbacks because it gives me a switch away from the screen to rest my sure. eyes. I'm on the screen so much with writing. Um, so, and it gives me a chance to, I was finding that I had all this pressure to like, okay, I only have a little bit of time to read. So whatever I read has to be amazing. I have to be really, really, really into it. So I found that I would pick up books on Kindle and just be like, I'd read a few pages, nah, nah, nah. And I'd be really dismissive of books really quickly. Whereas now um, I'll pick something in paperback and I'll sit down to read it and I'll actually read it and I'll probably enjoy it more. And I might've given up on it if it was in Kindle because it was so easy to throw it away. Um, So anyway, that's just something I discovered, but I've been making more of an effort, but I still read so slowly because I have very little time and I read slowly anyway, because I pour over every word. Um, Mm -hmm. So I you know, maybe a book or two a month if I'm mm-hmm. lucky. So it's a handful a year. Yeah. Like it's not a lot just because I just don't have the time between the writing and editing and my family life, right? I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, when I'm not working, I want to be giving her time, sure. my time too. So there's not a lot around the edges to actually read. Usually it's like in the bath. Because that's the only place I can be where no one bothers me, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, last time, read a book. You've explored a number of tropes already. Is there anything that you haven't done yet that you would like to try? Ooh, of course. I mean, sometimes I'll just see a trope and I'll be like, ooh, that's so good. I want to do that, you know? Um, right now I'm writing like an enemies with benefits kind of thing, which I always thought mm. was... Um, that's a different one. Kind of a fun... Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and maybe just some more like taboo stuff, like age gappy stuff. I like yeah. that stuff. And um, I'm not sure how ready my readers are for it because I had one age gap book, which wasn't even like to me a crazy age gap situation. She was 18 and he was 31. Um, but I found that my readers were sort of hit and miss on it. Some of them loved mm-hmm. it and some of them were not so much. And I think that's just because it was 
um, you know, it was different from what I, I hadn't written that before. Yeah. So maybe the readers that I had weren't necessarily age gap readers. Right. So, and that's right. fair. And so some of them were embraced it and loved it. And some not so much, they found they didn't, weren't really comfortable with her being 18, um, which to me was like, I don't know. I didn't find that was very race like that, that racy, but anyway, so I don't know. I kind of like the age gap thing. I might revisit it. Yeah. Those are the ones that pop in my mind right now. I love a good age gap romance. Do you have a favorite trope? I mean, whether that's what you like to read as a trope or write as a trope, it can be either one. Do you have like a, an overall favorite? Yeah, I would say um, best friend. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, that one is like older brother's best friend. That is probably like my hot spot. I absolutely love it for reading and writing and enemies to lovers because of that that banter. It's just so much fun. And I feel like with enemies to lovers, there's so much room for interpretation of what that means. Like my whole mm-hmm. um, Van City Villains series, which I'm on, I'm writing book four right now in that series. It starts with Handsome Devil, the one that you're audio booking right now. Yeah. Um, that whole series is enemies to lovers. So it's four different books. I'm writing number four that are all enemies to lovers, but they're like, they're different shades of any enemies to lovers. Like the first one is the high school enemy to, you know, boss hole kind of enemies to lovers. And she, they really are very feisty and bantery um, and hot and cold. Like she's fire and he's ice, you know, very, very much so very explosive. And the second one is more of like a frenemies lovers. So it's different. And then the one that just came out this summer, um, he's her best friend's brother. um, And they're more, they more like kind of hate each other because they had this kiss way back in the past that neither of them came back for seconds on. And they both kind of like pretend to hate each other, but maybe they don't really, you know, so it's a bit, it's a bit, it's sort of like enemies to lovers light, I guess. With a dash of second chance. Every shade in between so and then there's of course like real enemies to lovers where they're literally like you know supposed ceos of a competing business or something and so they're literally enemies you know or their families are enemies so there's like all kinds of room to play i think with though with that so i have to ask because these guys jumped off the page from the first time that i'm introduced to them is the van city series uh, are the rest of them dane's friends yes 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 <laughs> I ho- I'm so Looking glad to hear that. To I hope that. they jumped off the page because they yes. they're meant to. Cause, because they're, cause yeah. Some have done some questionable things and I was just like, okay, so tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. What <laughs> questionable things? How bad of a bad boy are they really? <laughs> right. So, and I've called that series Van City Villains because they are all, you know, quote unquote villains in the my book world so far, but yes. they're not like hardcore. I want to take over the world and kill everybody villains, you know, like super yeah. superhero versus villain, not that kind of villain. Genocidal yeah. maniacs do not get happy ever afters. We so. draw a line of genocidal maniacs getting an HEA, but everybody else yeah. is everybody uh, else fair is game. fair game. <laughs> yeah, so my villains in this series are more like they're they're all anti-heroes they're like the anti-heroes of this world okay anti-heroes are fine yeah hitlers are not (laughs) yeah they're definitely bad boys and anti-heroes um yeah and they have some questionable questionable things going on but yeah when i first saw that they were that they were villains my uh, okay maybe this is because of the books that I've been reading lately, but uh-huh. my mind immediately went to mafia romances, and I'm thinking, is there a Canadian mafia? Does that does that actually exist? Probably, yeah. <laughs> you need to read um, book two. Yeah, 
That'll answer that question for you. Okay. Okay. And adding that to the <laughs> endless TBR list. <laughs> I love a good enemies to lovers. Uh, it's, it is one of my favorite tropes too, but it usually combined with a forced proximity because, you know, you stick them in a cabin in the woods and, and make them work together. That's just my delicious sweet spot right there. For sure. Forcing them together close as you can when they're enemies i mean what is going to result is sparks right yeah sparks are yep. going to fly heading into the rock star romances because you've got quite a few of those these are all standalone right i mean the the characters are interspersed or, or do you have as far as i can but they are each a standalone story is that is that a fair assessment For this part there's uh the there's two novellas in the Dirty series that have sort of cliffhangery, like, you know, they're sort of teasers to go on to read the other books. Um, and then they're all standalones with the exception of uh, there's one major char character that gets introduced in a Dirty book that later has a, his own book in the Players series. So, you know, there's a couple of situations like that where mm -hmm. there's something that carries on. But in general, they're all like, complete like H yeah. standalones yeah each book yeah so that we're all defining standalone the same way here Zanna is is oh, okay. what I mean by that is that it's is that each story is complete in and of itself you don't need okay. a couple of books there's no cliffhangers or anything like okay. that but secondary characters can be introduced right, right. get their own books you know wherever and it's all happening sort of at the same time like their stories are all happening at the same time or slightly overlap, but that can still be a standalone by, mm. you know, by that definition. Okay. The dirty, well, all the series that, that I've written, they're all in this world, same world, dirty players, advanced villains. And they are, I call them interconnected standalones because they are very interconnected, like much mm -hmm. more so than some standalone books in a series in mm -hmm. that um, the site, the there's a lot of side characters that are pretty vivid that um, we view through. And there's also like a really strong overarching sort of vibe of all the books going together. And they're generally like they're in order. So they're not really uh -huh. happening at the same time. Although the Van City Villains ones overlap a little more in time. Mm -hmm. um, so they do, they are read best, you know, one, two, three and pulling you mm -hmm. through because you get to know more and more and more about the characters and the worlds. So they're meant to be read in order, but they are standalone where or you would pick and choose if you just want a certain trope or want to dive in and see what you think of a certain book. So you and Zana actually met at Banff earlier this year. When this episode airs, most of the book events for the year will be finished. Do you have uh, plans for book events for 2024 so far that, that you can mention? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably do a couple in 24. I have um, one announced which is wild and windy west in phoenix arizona but that's in february of 2025 okay yeah um and then in 2024 i'm also doing the sorry in 2024 i only have one book so far which is the romance invades the canadian rockies um that's it's in, in um, when i met santa at that's in, in calgary yeah, that's yeah. right. It's in Calgary in July of 24. Yeah. And then Wild and Windy West. So also speaking to the future, do you have uh, books that are being released uh, around this time that, that you can talk about too? Or I have a book out in October 3rd. Okay. So my new release is Irresistible Rogue. So it's book four in the Van City Villains series. 
So again, all my books are in the same book world. They start with the dirty series and then spin off into the players series and then spin off into Van City Villains. But you can jump into Van City Villains. It's a little bit less interconnected than the mm-hmm. dirty and player series. So it's you can definitely jump in and read them as standalones. Um, but they do still develop the char- the side characters and they get introduced, you know, in the earlier books. So it's nice to read them in order um, for sure. If you want like the most out of the whole experience, but Irresistible Rogue is, they're basically all four of them. The Van City Villains books are um, four friends, four guys who are friends. They're all anti-heroes in this book world. They um, all went to high school together. They were kind of like these rich boys in high school, but they all ended up in very different places. And even though they're all anti-heroes, one of them is a billionaire. One of them is his um, part of his family, who's um, like a biker and has mafia ties. One of them's a rock star. And Shane, who is the hero of Irresistible Rogue, is like an underground fighter. He used to be like a hockey star in high school. And then he had a bad car accident and ended up being this underground fighter um, with a very kind of mysterious personality, like um, I've put a lot of little teases about him in the previous three books. So yeah. um, it's been really fun writing his story. Yeah, and, I like I, I like Shane from from the moment he was introduced. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, one for I'm sure. glad. I'm <laughs> he comes in sure. kind of strong. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> he definitely does. <laughs> I look forward to to reading more and new to me authors, you know, are always a, a delight to find. And it has been a delight to discover your books and being introduced to the the worlds that you've created. So thank you so much for writing all of them. And thank you for being on the program today. We thank really you. Love yeah. Thank you so much. I yeah. love meeting new readers to me. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you found my books and that you're enjoying yeah. the audio of Handsome Devil. And thank you for having me on. I'm so glad I got to meet you too, Zana. And yeah, it was now. wonderful. Thank you so much, Jane, for being on the program today. And all the places that you can find Jane online will be in the show notes on our website, cupandsaucybooks.com. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next time when we talk with someone new from the world of books. And probably go on a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.